Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Well, we're going to come into the third session of, of this day. I hope you're still hanging on and that you're still hungry for a little bit more. Uh, Pastor Mark did say that we're going to get into some practical handles for you this afternoon, at least for this session. And so I want you to be fully awake um, to be able to receive this, and I want to do my part also to declare it um, properly. So this, e- this afternoon, we're going to talk about the alignment check. Remember, we spoke about three words, align- awaken, aligned, and assigned. And so the topic will be the alignment check. And we've got a couple of words there for you, AA to AO. Yeah, that, yeah, the AA to AO, and I'll describe that in a little while for you so that you will know what it stands for. Now, let's pray together first. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, as we share our stories, Lord. The attention is not to be upon ourselves. The story is there to declare your goodness and your faithfulness upon all of us. And that you give us a part to play in the larger scheme of the things of the kingdom. We are truly happy and uh, grateful for that. Will you continue to lead us also in the way? So we thank you even this afternoon. I pray that um, you will just sustain us, strengthen us by the Holy Spirit as I continue to share and our people continue to receive. Once again, Lord, have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know it's the afternoon and it's uh, after lunch, so I'm going to start with a Garfield comic strip. And you know the master of uh, Garfield, his name is John. And John is going to Garfield and he shouts, time to get up. And Garfield says, so? And he thinks to himself, time to get up? That really frosts me. Like, I mean, come on. Like I have a job. I, excuse me, I'm a cat. Why would I have to? And then John shouts, pancakes. Can you see how fast Garfield gets up? And I think sometimes when I share this message of our Keepers Awakening, I'll use this to remind ourselves, don't ask, underestimate the power of knowing why you got up and what you're getting up for. If you know there's an assignment to finish pancakes, praise the Lord. You'll be up and about and you'll be going and heading towards that direction so that you can fulfill your assignment. We've been talking about our Keepers. I've introduced him to you. I hope by now you're familiar with the one message, the two verses, the three words, and the four traits. That is something like a creed for us as we remind each other, even with the Archippus affirmation. After that, in the second message, or this morning, I shared with you the context. Why is it important not just to wake up, but also to stay awake? And the framework of the end times is important, not, us, not for us to get all fearful and worried about all the signs of the times, but to know that Jesus is coming and that we want to be ready. And if we want to be ready, we will stay awake. I know sometimes it's difficult, but that would spur us on and push us forward. Then in the third session, or just now, just before lunch, I shared with you the name of Archippus. And I say again that in every name, uh, that the Lord would give to us, and specifically here in uh, the name of Archippus, there is a biblical significance and there's a prophetic unction that is upon it if we would understand to see who Archippus is and what he stands for and this picture of the master of horses that we may be trained up to be not just running all over the place, but to be war horses for the Lord Jesus Christ. But we need to be aligned, that we can be assigned, that we can also be running that race in a correct way. 
We've been talking so much about our keepers, but again, another frequently asked question about our keepers is this. All right, so Paul reminds our keepers, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Big question. Did our keepers know his assignment? Would that be a good interpretative question for us to ask? Did our keepers, did the biblical our keepers know his assignment? If not, then how could he have fulfilled it? Once again, I went into the commentaries. I wanted to find out a little bit more about this person called Archippus. And I tell you, I challenge you, there's very little that's written about Archippus. So little is known about him. And in some common commentaries, they actually say a, there was a name called Archippus, this person, and he, was, he became the bishop of Colossae. And yet after that, they will say, we're not really sure whether this is the same Archippus or not. Maybe Archippus was a very common name in those days. And so it's not conclusive, but we can presume that. But then again, when the Bible is silent on some of these things, I say, thank you, Lord. My sanctified imagination begins to kick in. You know, I get all creative and all these things. I say, okay, Lord, so, so who is this Archippus? Did he know his assignment or not? I mean, here I am challenging someone to be Archippus. And if you tell me this guy didn't know, then everyone's going to say, amen. Bible says don't know, so we don't have to know. Did he know his assignment? And so I was thinking and said, wow, there's one line, one verse. I found that there were four possible scenarios that you can postulate as we think about this person. Did he know his assignment? And as I thought through of these things, I realized that every single one of us in the church can, can identify with one of these scenarios. And so as I challenged you last night, as I shared the four traits with you to do a quick evaluation, can I just involve you again? You know, as I share these four scenarios with you, I'm so certain each of you will fall into one of these categories. Are you ready? And I want you to ask yourself, where am I? Am I in one, two, three, or four? And it's going to make a lot of meaning and a difference for you as you look at our keepers from this point forward. Scenario number one. Yes, our keepers knew his assignment, he was faithful, but he needed encouragement. Come on, friends, those of you who have been in the ministry or in the work of the kingdom for long enough, don't you need encouragement all the time? Is it tough? Is it difficult? I will say yes, definitely. If someone tells you it's going to be plain sailing and smooth sailing all the way, he's lying. There's going to be challenge. Sure, there are some sweet spots. There are some easy things that God you know, will just be there to see you through. But by and large, I can tell you it's going to be tiring. It's going to be challenging. And perhaps our keepers knew his assignment. He was moving on that assignment. He was faithful on that assignment. But man, he was on this virtuous. Oh. And the Holy Spirit drops this into Paul's heart and says, can you encourage this guy? Can you speak to this one man called our keepers because he's on the verge maybe of giving up or just, you know, he's questioning himself now. Maybe he's discouraged in some way. I don't want him to give up. Can you say to him, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord. Fulfill it, bro. Some of you are in this category. You have been in the ministry for a while and it's tiring. I know you love Jesus and you are continuing to serve Him. Can I stand in the place of Paul and then speak with the authority of the Holy Spirit and say to you, my brother, my sister, don't give up. I want to encourage you. Just see to it. See to it. You're on this assignment. You know what it is. God has shown you and you're being faithful. I know it's going to be tough, but will you take heed to this? Will you see to it that you run and you finish well? That's the very first category. Our keepers knew his assignment. He was faithful but he needed encouragement. 
There's a second category, and yes, Archippus knew his assignment. He was faithful once. But for some reason, he had slackened or he had stopped. Do you know someone like that? Are you like that? And we know many Christians where they have served and they've been there, they've done that, they've gone in with all the good intentions, and maybe they just burned out. Maybe they just stopped. Someone offended them. Someone said the wrong thing. Maybe they felt unappreciated. They've given so much. They've cried so much. They've done so much. And they said, forget it, Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm stopping right now. And they find themselves in another church, in an, with an, in an auditorium where I think the lights don't work because it's very dark. And they're all sitting down there and we're, we're happy to be, oh, I, I, I don't want to meet anyone anymore. I just want to come. It's between me and Jesus. You know someone like that? And maybe the Holy Spirit is saying, wanting to say to this person that drops it in the heart of Paul and say, can you go, can you go encourage our keepers? Can you tell this dear brother, bro, we need you on the team again. Will you, will you release that plastic chair? Will you forgive that person that hurt you? Will you know why you're serving and who you are serving? Will you come back because we need all hands on deck? Will you take heed to the ministry which you were once faithful in and come back on and you receive this in the Lord, continue to move in the Lord that you may fulfill it for His glory? If you are that person in this category, I want to say to you, the work of Jesus on the cross is complete. There will be healing in the cross. Will you find it in a cross so that, you know, you won't have to wallow in someone else's hurt and your own disappointment, but come back knowing that when you serve Jesus, it's going to be okay for you. The third category is, yes, Archippus knew his assignment, but he did nothing about it. Don't raise your hand. Just in case you fall into this category. You know, somehow the Lord has been just saying something to you, nudging you, confirming little things for you, like 300 times. And then you just want to be sure, you just want to be cautious. Or maybe you want to make the first million and the second million and the ten million. Say, Lord, if you just bless me with this first, then I will get out there and do my assignment. Maybe you want your children to grow up first. Maybe you want this. Maybe it's this. Maybe that. But the Lord has just been nudging you. And somehow you're, you have not done anything with what the Lord has shown you. Maybe it's a small step that He's saying, will you step forward? And the Holy Spirit drops into the heart of Paul and he says, you know something? Archippus knows his assignment. He needs a little shove. He needs a little push. He needs a little bit of encouragement. Will you go to him and do give that, that little nudge? Hey, Archippus, take heed to the ministry. You know it. Take heed to this thing that, that God has given to you. He's laid it upon your heart. Will you just take that first step? You may not know what the second, third, fourth step might be, but will you do it? Because God will show himself strong and faithful in your life. And will you go fulfill it? And if you fall into this category, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Just take that small step. I realize that when you begin that small step, God opens up so much bigger for you. And then you begin to see more clearly what's up ahead. But sometimes the biggest faith that seems to be needed is in the smallest step that you need to take. And yet we think, oh, we need such big faith. And the Lord says, no, just that, that faith like that. Oh, so much. And Paul had to encourage this young person, this dear brother, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. 
fourth category is that our keepers didn't know that he, he didn't know his assignment. Perhaps he didn't even know that he had an assignment or that he has an assignment. I don't have a statistic on this, but my guess is sanctified again, my sanctified guess would be this might be quite a large percentage in the church. That he didn't know anything about his assignment, he had to be prompted. And that's why Paul was, was nudged by the Holy Spirit to speak into the life of this young man called Archippus and say, hello, bro, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. A brother stepped up to me once and he asked a very, very good question. He said, Pastor, how come the translation says a ministry which you have received in the Lord and is not a ministry that you received from the Lord? You realize every word in the Bible is actually very, very special. Right? And in our English language, we would say, what are we receiving from you, God? And it is true, if the Lord gives you something as a, in, in, a, in the form of an assignment, then you have received this assignment from Him. But can I ask a big question here? How many of you are in Christ? How many of you are in the Lord, in Christ? Amen? Pastor, we need a salvation call here. I'm serious. How many of you are in Christ? Amen. Yeah, praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. I thought I was in the wrong place. <laughs> I already shared with you in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says that we're not saved by works. We are saved for good works. Prepared for each of us beforehand that we should walk in there. You know something? The moment you stepped into Christ by faith, according to His grace, you have already received something in the Lord. It's on the shelf. It's waiting for you to discover it. It's already there. It's in the Lord. The Bible says that every spiritual blessing is yours and ours in Christ. But if you only stay in yourself, then you don't see that assignment. You miss that assignment. If you only stay in a churchy mode, you can miss a very big thing of the kingdom. But if you understand who you are in Christ, there are keepers that's happy to be a nobody. But a glorious person in Christ, you've already received something in the Lord. Some of you may be in this category. No condemnation. It's okay. And the, Paul, the Holy Spirit then tells Paul, our keepers needs to know something here. Can you whisper into his ear? Can you shout into his ear? Our keepers, God has something for you. Will you see to it? Will you take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord for one purpose and one purpose only, that you may fulfill it? Don't put up your hands. How many of you in category one, two, three, four? And I love the Word of God. You know, God's Word, one verse, it can hit four different groups of people. How cool is that? And he can minister to every person just with that one line. And I don't care how long, how old, how mature, how new as a Christian, if we are our keepers, God speaks to everyone. One verse. And I know that everyone wants to know, many people want to know their assignments. And as you look at our keepers, you know, there's so much teaching that we receive most of the time. And sometimes it can get a little bit confusing. So imagine if you are that person down there in the, in the, in the screen, right in the middle called our keepers. The little dots may represent the kind of teachings that we are receiving uh, every week and every month or you know, all the time. 
and there are little pictures of little pieces like of the jigsaw, and depending on when we hear it, sometimes we don't know how to connect some of these dots. And if you, don't, if you can't make sense of these things, then you're not able to move forward into the things of the kingdom. And this is why the Lord made it very, very clear when I came up with the words awaken and also the assignment, or rather, He gave this message and I coined these two words just to push someone towards an assignment. He said that the alignment is the most important that they have to look at after they are awakened. And I want to do the church or the body of Christ a service, not a disservice. I don't want to awaken someone and leave this person clueless. An awakening can take a moment, but the aligning will be a process. And you will realize that as someone moves and tries to get onto alignment, if he or she is not taught this alignment check, or at least made aware of what the aligning or misaligning is all about, it is only a matter of time before they get lost and they become falling asleep once more and they need another message to kick them up. So how do we move forward as the kingdom of God? If all our keepers can come together and we can move together, if we can bring every aspect of our life together into an alignment with the things of the kingdom, we can then move forward into things of that. Remember, so far I've been preaching from Colossians chapter 4, verse 17. And I remind you that Paul was talking about an assignment for Archippus. But today, after this, now we're going to talk about uh, Philemon 2 a little bit, or at least drawing from Philemon 2. And there are two words, I use words. One is called AA, and the other one is called AO, that I want to introduce to you. Archippus is a fellow soldier. In other words, he is in the military of the Lord's army. If you and I are fellow soldiers, these two terms, terms would be a lot more uh, relevant. These two terms would be familiar to us. On your left, you see the two letters AA. AA stands for assembly area. And what people do in the assembly area is that they assemble. Now, come on, that was profound. I've been driving a little bit around. I didn't drive. Mark was driving. And I've been seeing a few of these signposts up there that says assembly area. Have you seen that? Yeah? And it's a place where people will gather. And that's the assembly area. But that's not where they want to stay. They're only assembling for a certain reason because the objective is to get out to AO. And AO is the area of operation. That's where you conduct your mission. That's where you carry out your assignment. Let me share an interesting discovery with you again. The church in the word, in the Greek word, is called ecclesia. Ecclesia is a Greek word before it became Christianized as we call it the church today. It's a very common Greek word. Ecclesia just means a gathering, a congregation, or an assembly. And that's why you have the assemblies of God or some other assembly here and there. It's, it's another name for uh, the word church. We are just an assembly. And so, think about this. Where does the assembly assemble in? The assembly assembles in the assembly area. And so friends, if you are belonging to this local church here called Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship, you are an assembly, amen? Right? You're an assembly, you're the church of God. And your assembly area, every week, if you come, you know, when you come to the church, this is your assembly area. 
What happens in the assembly area? You get training, you get equipping. Soldiers would have recreation. They can play basketball. They can watch a movie. They can sing a few songs. They can have a few uh, luncheons and a few dinners together. They have fun. They train together. But for the purpose of do they stay in the assembly area? No. At the right time, they will receive command from higher up and they will be sent out into the areas of operation. When the Lord opened my eyes to see something like that, I was like, oh man, that's true. Churches today gather, and it's a good thing. We assemble, and that's a great thing. Hebrew says, let us not forsake the assembling of one another, and that's what we should be doing. But we should ask ourselves, what is the purpose of our assembling? Are we assembling just to have a good time, just to have that fellowship, and just to have a, a social function, and all that will serve a certain purpose in the different seasons of our Christian life, Amen. But as soldiers, when we come together, we are to be trained, we are to be equipped for one simple reason. At the right time, we are going to be sent out to AO to get out to the areas of operation. After service and tomorrow, you're going to have one service here. When a pastor or a minister here pronounces the benediction upon you, where do you go to then? You leave this place, don't say lunch. You get out of assembly area and you move into areas of operation. Some of your areas of operation might be within the AA. Some will be outside of the AA. Let's see whether you understand this concept. Where are you right now? Are you in AA or AO? You're in AA. Where am I now? I'm in AO. We can be in the same physical location, but you can see our orientations are very different. I'm here fulfilling an assignment. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And if I'm doing my job correctly, man, all will be awakened, aligned, assigned. Praise the Lord. Right? And at a certain time, when we close this seminar, man, we're going to thrust you out. You're going to get into AO. Hallelujah. And so some, when we begin to see this, then we realize, oh, that's true. We want to get from AA, and we want to get into AO. Now, if you want a verse of this, let me give you one. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. I'm going to read to you from the ESV. Now, Paul wrote this, the great apostle Paul, went over all the different places, different regions, and yet he says this. I've, got a lot, a lot, I've, I've learned a lot from this one line. But we will not boast beyond limits. The apostle Paul has limits. Now, if he has limits, I have limits, and you have limits. But we will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us. See that word? God assigns us areas that we are to bring a kingdom influence to reach even to you. And you can make a mental side note. Any area of operation that God sends you in is always about people. It's always to reach someone out there. Even if you are working on an assignment that does not have a, a direct bearing on someone, I can tell you, if you project far enough, it's going to impact someone, the work that you do. I see from here that Paul, the great apostle Paul, had limits. And it's not that he gets to choose what he wants to do. Remember in the book of Acts, he was saying, we're going to go into a place, into a certain place, and the Holy Spirit said to him, nope. This is not what you're supposed to do. Hang in there. He, he, uh, the Holy Spirit blocks that way. And then in the dream, a man from Macedonia comes and says, can you come over to help us? 
And almost immediately, he could see that that would be his area of operation, and therefore he went into Macedonia, and we have this letter to the Corinthians. I know that many Christians, when they listen to this, they'll say, yes, I want to get from AA, and I want to move into AO. Let's look at the AO, the list that's there. I hope you can see it clearly. This list is not exhaustive. I'm just trying to open up our minds and perhaps challenge some perspectives. In a very traditional understanding, ministry, when we talk about assignments, we will think, oh, what can I do in the church? Or I need to plug in to a Christian ministry. Not entirely wrong. Some of your AOs could be in someone else's AA, and that's okay. Or maybe if you look all the way down, you see missions and nations. Again, a very traditional understanding of, of, of church ministry to be a missionary somewhere out there. 18 years ago, I remember or maybe about six, somewhere about there after receiving a call to a full-time capacity, I was having lunch with my mom. I don't know if you remember that or not, mom. <laughs> and we were sitting down having a lunch and I told her, God has called me and I'm, I'm going to go into the full-time ministry. And then she was, you know, my mother loves me. And so she looks at me and she says, do you have to do that? Can't you just do what you're doing now? You're already serving so actively in the church. You know, why do you need to, 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 to up everything and go, you know, inside, uh, into the work of the ministry? And of course, there was, the conviction was so strong. So I was trying to assure her and also tell her that, yes, this is what the Lord has said. And then she said, okay, but you know, they don't pay pastors very well. And I said, of course, you know, full of gung-ho, a bit of a reckless faith. You know, it's okay, God's going to provide, da-da-da, and so on. Then she said, hey, you've got more than a few children, you know. I said, yeah, 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 okay, I know. No. Everyone keeps reminding me about that part. <laughs> and when she found that I couldn't convince her, or she couldn't convince me otherwise, and all with good intention, my mom loves me. And she cares for me, and she wants me to be, to, to be okay, you know, in, in that sense. Then she asked me, she said, okay, fine. So what are you going to be, a pastor or a missionary? You see, in the mind, there were only two positions. You're either a pastor or a missionary. Friends, that might be the case for many years ago. Today, the world has changed. Ministry has changed. The entire world is, economy is being disrupted. Do you know the church is also being disrupted? And if we don't move with the signs of the times, the things that are moving, the church will be left behind. And we find that we're trying to climb and uh, uh, climb, climb back up and onto, and we're missing so many things because the world has just sped on. Now, we don't want to learn from the world but we have to be relevant to what the world is doing and what's going to happen. And so this, more, this time, you know, when I talk about our keepers awakening, I will look at all the men in the house and I say, how many of you are married? Don't be shy. Amen. Kingdom assignment? Husband. Huh? You mean that's it? Yeah? You mean not enough? Hey, let's put it this way. If we're not even fulfilling our kingdom assignment as a husband, we have no business doing anything else. The Bible actually says, Paul says, if you're going to pick a leader, make sure he knows how to, you know, have a wife who is respecting him and he's having good marriage and his children are in submission to him. Is that amen? And because we see that, you know, someone who works in the church or serves in the church, he may look really good, but sometimes the, 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 the marriage is in shambles. And we're doing God's work, but we are missing a very primary assignment that the Lord has given to you as a husband. You don't have to pray and fast so long for that. But once you know your assignment, you better pray and fast about it. <laughs> Ladies, how many wives here? Praise the Lord. Kingdom assignment. 
Amen to that? Now, if, listen to this one. If the husband and the wife understand that these are their mutual kingdom assignments, the marriage becomes not just a union of two persons, it becomes a kingdom unit. It's very different, I'm telling you this. And so when you look at the Bible and you read from Ephesians chapter 5, and the men's favorite verse, women, ladies, wives, submit to your husband. Come on, submit to your husband. You didn't read the verse before. It says that we'll be submitting to each and one another to the reverence of the Lord. Amen? The question is, is Jesus king in your marriage? If he is, then the decisions that you need to take, the difficult things that you struggle with, you're willing to submit not to each other only, but to a higher cause of the kingdom. Once a marriage begins to understand that, that the children come in, how many fathers in the house? Kingdom assignment. Do you know how, much, how many problems we have because the fathers are not taking up their roles? And we have a fatherless generation, and I don't need to say a lot about it. I mean, Pastor Mark and Pastor Terry deal with this in Elijah House. There's a fatherless spirit. And even in the church, we have an orphan spirit. Mother's kingdom assignment. We're not re- we, our role is not to bring children just to church and Sunday school. I'm seeing farther than that. We're raising kingdom warriors for Jesus. They may not know it. They may not like it. But our part is to call it out of them and to journey with them. See, if the family and the marriage unit understand that their kingdom place is there, when I get home, it's my AO down there. I don't fight with my wife. We fight alongside one another. Come on, say amen. amen. <laughs> don't fight with each other, okay? Fight alongside one another because you're on the same side. And you manifest Jesus in, the king, uh, in, in your marriage. Now children begin to see what kingdom assignments are, even in the household. And they will raise new families after that. I could go on, but you, you get the idea. If you are a business person in the marketplace, you're running your own business and you have control, you have influence, men, pastor your staff. Amen. Pastor your staff. I'm serious. Love them. If you have a small group of just five members in your team or 10 members in your team, do you know you have impact in 10 families? Then you work with your clients, then you work with your suppliers and you bring in kingdom influence. Not everyone is going to love you, but that's what you need to do. And God can use your business as a kingdom influence in a place that He will bring you into. We need people, businessmen, marketplace people, to run kingdom businesses. It's a very, very different paradigm. And it's not just about declare your taxes well and don't cheat and don't lie. That's basic 101, friends. If you're still struggling with that one, you've got to get aligned. (laughs) Amen to that? You know, many times we were talking about all these basic issues and we're not even overcoming these. What what can we talk about kingdom assignment? You've got to know that those things, no lying, no cheating, whatever it is, that's, that's basic, guys. You should be thinking, Lord, what is this kingdom about? What is this business about for you? Why am I here? Your entire perspective changes. Our keepers is in the marketplace, totally different. Medical and healing, we need doctors. We need need people who will be a voice in in bioethics today. Artificial intelligence is a a very big thing. Is it correct? Is it not? Are we playing God? All these, we, we need the people in these fields. 
quite apart from all the miracles, signs and wonders, praise the Lord for that. But there are many, many controversial issues there. there. Money, wealth and finance, if you are good with numbers, if you are blessed with finance, will you use it to finance kingdom movements? We need people, archipuses all over the place. Marginalized and needy, I don't have to talk too much about that. The church has always been doing a good work in that. But how do we help them? How do we bring them in? Missions and nations, media and music. Let's reclaim all this for the kingdom of God. And one last thing I would say, I'll quickly move on to the next point. It's what I call mentoring and apprenticeship. Just to stay with the letter M. But in the Bible, there's no such word called mentoring. Apprenticeship is alluded to, but we are more familiar with discipling. And I see it up on the wall, that you want to disciple people. Amen? I want to challenge us to consider. Sometimes the church teaches discipling, but we don't disciple. And that's a scary thing. I see it within my country. I see the challenge because we, 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 we teach disciples. We use all the nuances, all the words about discipling. But when it comes to discipling, we don't do it. And you know why? Because discipling takes time. And we don't have time. It's easier, easier to teach a class and tell you, you must disciple, you must disciple, you must disciple. And all the people saying, amen, amen, amen. And after that, how? Because they've never been disciple. And so they think, disciple, okay, I'll start another class. So we've got lots of teaching about discipleship. But we have very few disciples. I mean, look at this list. I could go on. Do you think there are assignments waiting for everyone? Do you think you have a role to play in this? this you see, this is what I'm saying. And sometimes we're like, it, it could be more straightforward than we, uh, uh, than we are even thinking. You could even start wherever you are right now and begin to move and you will see that God's going to show you something. And so everyone has good intention and usually we will start out from A. And this is how the route will look like usually. Everyone goes, I'm going to go to AO, I'm going to go to AO, and they find themselves back in AA. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. This is how I normally move anyway. You know, life doesn't happen in a straight line. Amen to that? And you be honest, our Christian walk is always like that, is it not? Right? But the point is, are we like that and going on in circles, or are we like that moving towards AO? It's okay to be moving all over the place, but if the Lord shows you where you should be moving and then He's directing you, you're making corrections along the way, He will move you to where you're supposed to be. But we need a paradigm shift, you see. We've got to see that the kingdom of God is so much larger than just the local halls we worship in. And so for the rest of this time, I'm going to show you something here. What's the issue? Why do we get lost? If you are in the military... How do we get from AA to AO? You need to know how to do your own checking of your own bearings so that you can do a calibration or a recalibration or what we call an alignment check. How do we get from one area to another area? And I don't want to give you more words to remember. I use the word area for a teaching. The issue is to know which area you are and which area you're wanting to move into. And these four departments, or these four dockets, I call them, little folders, are four things that you want to pay attention to as you check your alignment. How do we check the alignment? How do we know how to make sense of where we are and what the bearings might be? 
Let me explain this to you very quickly with the words that would come out at the bottom. You see, in the assembly area, it is about the awakening. Is it not true? Many times when we come into a corporate presence, of course, we can be alone with the Lord and He can awaken us by Himself and by ourselves. But usually, there's a corporate anointing that is there and God moves upon His people and there's this awakening. And the challenge is, after someone is awakened, we will say, can you move and check your alignment? And then understand what, where refinement, what refinement is, the place of refinement in a person's life, as well as after that, what is your source of empowerment if you're going to be moving on a kingdom assignment? And finally, the last A is a word that you also know already. It's called assignment. What goes into an assignment more than just the typical traditional view that we have? And in AO, you will see that that's where you exert a kingdom influence in a place that God would show you to. I don't have much time for this one. This is really just to whet your appetite a little bit. I'm not teaching anything new. If you look at the words down there, that gives you the focus of each of this. And let me try to unpack each of one, uh, every one of these, each one of these in a very, very quick, in a quick while so that you can just get the gist of it. And I hope that that at least gives you an inkling of how you're going to check your alignment. See, in the AA, when there's an awakening, I call it, it's about receiving the Christ. What do you think of when you hear these two words or three words, receiving the Christ? Sounds very salvation, does it not? Right? We ask someone, have you received Christ? And when you say yes, oh, praise the Lord, bye-bye, we leave you alone. You're saved already. I've discovered one thing. You don't receive one time. You keep receiving. And there's so much more that God wants to give to you and to show you. And even right now, you're receiving. And you're receiving everything about the Christ, everything about Jesus. We start off by knowing Him as the Savior, but I challenge you, do you, do you run with Him as the King? It's easy to, to say, Lord, you saved me. You know why? Because in salvation, there's nothing you can do. He does all the work. But as you get saved and He is the King, your work begins. And that's why that's the tough part. Jesus, just be the Savior. Don't be King. We'll sing about the king. But if you want to receive the king fully, what it means is obedience. And you have to start to move forward. So in the awakening, you begin to see, wow, there's so much more about Jesus. He's so beautiful. He's so good. This kingdom is a good kingdom. That's why it's the good news of the kingdom. It's not just about the good news of salvation that secures a heavenly place for me. While I'm here, there's kingdom work to be done. And we need to receive the Christ. And we say, okay, fine, give it to me, Lord, show that to me. Now, before you run out, then you talk about the alignment. And in alignment, it's where you start, the focus is about knowing the Christ. Now, receiving something, say, yeah, I agree, that's good, that's one thing. But knowing the Christ is very different. Do you know Jesus for who He is? Are you aligned with the person of God? We're just saying, good, good Father. Why do we need ministries that tell people about the Father heart of God? Because there's so many people who are misaligned with the person of God. And so in alignment, we help someone come into a correct alignment in a relationship with God. And the first thing to know is that He loves you. And to know that you're not doing an assignment so that you can earn His love, you're doing an assignment because He loves you and because you love Him, you want to move on an assignment. Can you understand the difference? 
And there are many people who are still in the church. Oh, I, I got to do this, man. Otherwise, God's not pleased with me. I got to do this, you know. Otherwise, a lightning bolt is going to hit me. It doesn't happen that way. He loved us first, and that's why we love Him back. And we say we love Him back. Love, the expression of love is obedience. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Yes, sir, I love you. Okay, now feed my sheep. Um, do you love me? I, I do, Lord, I, I love you. Okay, tend to my lambs. Um, do you love me? I told you for the third time, excuse me, I love you. And then he says the third thing. You realize every time G Peter said, I love you, his assignment came. Every time he says and he declares, I love you, Lord, assignment comes. Well, third time, I love you, assignment comes. How many of you love Jesus? Get ready for your assignment. <laughs> Come on, amen? Yeah. Right? It's, it's, uh, today, it's very, it's lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey. God loves me. God loves, I know He does. Now get off your butt. There's work to be done. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. How can you say you love me and not do the things I tell you to do? See, so our obedience, Henry Blackaby, I love him. Our obedience issue is a reflection of our love issue. If we don't obey, we don't love. But if we say we love, we obey. Are we aligned with the person of God? If you're aligned with the person of God, He says, I've given everything to my Son. Then are you aligned with the purposes of God? Jesus is the King. Do you know what His kingdom is all about? And I submit to you, today we talk Christian, but we don't know how to live kingdom. We've got a Christian subculture. We know to praise the Lord. Hallelujahs. We can speak Christianese. But when it comes to living the kingdom, we're not aligned. And so we challenge our people. Say, if this is what you say, and this is how you live, this is called misalignment. And to be able to shift from here to this here, you need the grace of God. You're going to help. He's going to help you. So in alignment, we talk about the person of God, the purposes of God. The third thing is about the prophetic timing of God. Are you aligned with the prophetic time? And this morning, I've spoken enough about this. If you have looked, if you, if you see the things of the world and the things that are happening even within the local church and around, are you moving in God's timeline? And if you're not moving according to that, you're misaligned, you're out of sync with Him. It's like, it's like the whole band is playing in this one beat in a 4-4 four four and you're doing a 6-8. You're, you're out. Alignment is also about the people of God. Are you aligned with the people of God? And here I make a very simple declaration. I say, you careful. The people of God are not just people who call themselves Christians. Are you aligned with those who really talk kingdom, live kingdom, and who are moving on kingdom assignment? Look at these people. You'll learn so much more. But if you're looking at just a typical nominal Christian, and say, oh, that's what Christianity is all about. If you're aligning with the wrong person, then you are missing out on whatever the Lord has for you. Just on this one point, I tell you, there's so many after that, they'll listen and they'll say, brother, I'm, I'm so misaligned. I've been a Christian for like 30 years, 40 years. I know the right things to say. I'm just not living anything out of that. The second point is about refinement. Knowing the Christ is one thing. What's the greatest objective for all of us? That we become conformed to the image of His Son. Amen? Right? And so you cannot just, I know, yep, yep, I'm aligned. If you know the Christ, then He wants you to become like the Christ. And this is where we really talk about discipleship because every disciple wants to be like the Master. And this is where refinement comes in. Because you don't just stand here and, or you don't just sit in church, do a Bible study, and then you become like Christ suddenly. 
I believe in the power of the word. Please don't get me wrong. That's one aspect that is there. But you know, the other aspect is that with refinement, we become more and more like Jesus Christ. Do you realize? And it's the refinement that has to come in. There are two other R's in there, but I have no time to talk about it. Before we talk about refinement, actually, it's repentance and restoration first. Okay, but I'm just jumping straight into this one. Why am I saying this? Because in that refinement that God takes you through, He prepares you for an assignment that comes later. And even in the assignment that you're going through right now, God can refine you because at the end, it's not about completing the work only. It's about that you become more and more like Jesus. Do you realize that we think that we are doing a lot of things for God? Lord, I'm doing this assignment for you. And God is just smiling there and says, I don't need you. I'm giving you this assignment because it's for your good, excuse me. I can finish the kingdom work without any one of you, amen? But why does He give it to us? It's so that on an assignment, it reveals the misalignment, the refinement comes, we become like Jesus. It's one thing to say, love your brothers and sisters. It's another to do it. And oh, that's refinement for a few people, amen? And why is refinement an important aspect? Because today, there's a, there's a very superficial, sloppy, lovey-dovey Christianity that's being preached. And they tell you if, you, if you hit a hard time, oh, then that can't be God's assignment. You know why? Because God wants you to be happy. Heard this before? Right? How do I know it's an assignment? Oh, you've got to really be happy. So anytime you're not happy, you just bail out. That can't be your assignment. We're not reading our Bibles. In our misalignment, or in the alignment, God shows us the assignment and He refines us. But in the assignment, really, He uses that stage to refine us so that truly we'll become more and more like Jesus. 